So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster to Stand Up. I'm Brent Lamont. Today, we're having a parking lot conversation about the topic you may have just heard when it comes to cloud culture and empowerment and delegation. And joining me again is our good friend, see, because now he's been on an episode, he gets to be called a good friend, Marcus Peter of the ACDC group here at SAP. Hello, Marcus. How are you? Hello, Brent. I'm fine. Okay, Let's good. Again. <laughs> Absolutely great to have you here. So the conversation topic is the issue of failure. So I'm just curious as to when it comes to a team, uh, we, we talked a little bit about failure and how it gets played out and all, all throughout an idea. So the conversation could be very much about how teams view failure versus how leadership views failure and how do you empower a team to work through failure without impacting what is going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think when leadership often reacts a little bit strangely when you tell them, hey, we want a failure culture, uh, celebrate failure, or coming from uh, the earlier times where we propagated uh, design thinking a lot, fail early, fail often, fail fast. Uh, that's so counterintuitive to them. Um, because of course they have been trained to be somewhat risk averse um, yes and to some extent that's correct i mean uh, that that's uh, for me it's understandable that you do if somebody tells you fail early fail fast fail often you get a little bit nervous um because people don't put it into context often uh, so what i really like is the distinction that amy edmondson makes for example in, in um in her books that she distinguishes between three types of failure there is the intelligent failure. That's where you want to fail fast, fail early, fail often. Because if you try out completely new things, if you want to be innovative, you basically there is no failure. There's only learning opportunities. Um, whatever you do, you learn from it. Whether what you did worked or not, it's you learned something. So it's not really a failure. Um, then there is the, the complex failures. I think that's how she calls it, um, where you basically work in a according to typical practices follow usual procedures, but something in the environment that was unforeseeable changed. So following the standard procedures suddenly leads to a failure. My classic example is say, if you commute to work and usually you know how much time you have to account for in addition because of traffic jam or so ever. Uh, so you leave home early so that you're um, at work on time, no problem. But say happened to me once, in fact, on the way home, there was a very dramatic accident on the street. So the entire road was blocked and even all the, the deviations were really jammed. So it took me an hour longer. Usually I need 15 minutes. Uh, it took me an hour longer than usual. No, that was, I mean, what can I do? I can leave home as usual, maybe even five minutes early, but uh, you won't be able to cater for such exceptional situations. Uh, maybe that was an example for a complex failure, I don't know. Uh, but there's also the types of failures that we often forget, and that's if people really do not um, uh, adhere to critical rules or laws. I mean, that's what last time I think I made this example with driving lessons. If you put somebody mm -hmm. into a car and ask that person to drive who does not know the street regulations, mm -hmm. I mean, that's preventive failure, I would say. You don't want somebody to drive the car along the street and hit um, 
pedestrians. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Embracing failure there would be a little bit a strange signal. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. Well, so let's let's talk through the failure that we're trying to avoid, right? Or but failure that we can actually try to learn from. I mean, one of the things that we talked to, we've talked about in previous iterations, and I'm thinking about retrospectives, where teams are trying to be open and honest about and transparent, right? We're all mm -hmm. talking through agile and scrum values here. And it's where the teams are trying to understand and recognize what they can do better for next time. If we're, if we're mm -hmm. trying to inspect and adapt and improve and be transparent, if we go back to the conversation we just had over uh, empowerment, if a team feels empowered to be able to have that kind of a conversation and say, here's the reason why we failed and that we're actually trying to learn from it, that's mm -hmm. so much better than a team that, any team that's afraid of failure, we can't fail no matter what. Because I've worked with teams in the past where they've felt like they couldn't fail at all because a functional manager, a director, a product owner, you know, insert anyone, you know, stakeholder or internal that uh, anything other than doing what we said we were going to do, you know, there shall be repercussions for doing that. Exactly. I mean, if you want to be agile and improve, you must be allowed to make experiments to improve things. And of course, these experiments might not work. Right or might not have the, the expected result or benefit. And that would be an example for such an intelligent failure. Yeah, that, right. uh, I think that's exactly why, I mean, if you talk about empowerment, um, you must accept these kind of things uh, as the person who oversees the others. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that goes back to some things that teams try to do, like, you know, uh, if you're trying to do a spike in a given sprint, mm -hmm. right? It, it's an mm -hmm. experiment. What are, how are you trying to, get better. Uh, team may decide that they're going to flip how they, what their workflow is for a given sprint. Mm -hmm. That's an experiment. It, it all goes back to the inspect and adapt, because if you're, if you're doing the same thing over and over again, it doesn't mean you're getting better at it. It just means you're doing the same thing over and over again. Right. My, co my colleague, maybe you know her, cites, uh, likes to quote Einstein on this. If you keep trying keep doing the same things, but expect different results. That's called insanity. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and yes. that's where I, I like this distinction between the failure types again, because if I could take retrospectives as a good example, again, we often see teams that do the retrospectives, but they uh, basically identify the same impediments over and over again, um, yes. but never really work on them. That's not an intelligent failure any longer. That's just nonsense. <laughs> well, and and I think it comes back to it comes back to having a team be able to feel like they can take on a challenge, right? Where they feel like they, oh, hey, I can actually try something crazy, right? And there are teams that you know they'll try to slice off a chunk of their work to where they can do whatever they want to do. Works out really well. But sometimes I think it's where a team can come in and just like let somebody have their mad scientist moment where they go, oh, hey, you know, as part of sprint planning, as an example, it's like, hey, there's this thing I think we could do 
that might solve that problem. And that's a perfect place for a team to step out of the box and maybe add that into their what they're trying to get done in a given sprint. So, you know, they're basically doing on the fly uh, backlog refinement and we've just added this in. And if you have the conversation with the product owner, you say, hey, this doing it this way helps us reach our sprint goal faster, better, stronger yep. Then, oh, hey, you know, that's awesome. That's not that's not failing. That's empowering a team and allowing them to have that capacity. It's just how awesome can can it be? Exactly. I mean, if, if they really try, that's definitely worth uh, encouraging. And um, that's a good example for empowerment. Taking the, the two-sided uh, view again, um, what, we, what, what a certain risk is that the people talk about, okay, we should do things differently. Let's try that in the next sprint, but then they don't do it. Yep. Or uh, they don't, uh, they are not clear about what they expect. What is their hypothesis and what would be the changed outcome? Because if you don't really have a good feeling for what to expect, that's not really empiricism. Sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that uh, sometimes teams have to feel like they can make that risk, can take that risk. Mm -hmm. But I also think that to your point, it's the teams have to be able to say, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's have a moment. Let's think about this. Let's not just fire ready aim because that's, that's the flip side of that, right? Is that it's just like, oh, hey, here's a shiny quarter. You know, here's the shiny object that we found in, in sprint planning or actually in uh, backlog refinement where it's like, here's our shiny quarter. Let's go do that. And all of a sudden, three sprints later, you know, instead of trying to build a car, what you've decided is that you're trying to build a rocket. That's mm -hmm. like, uh, is that really what you wanted to do for your customers? Is that really what you wanted to do <laughs> for yourselves? You know, it's yeah. so, you know, you have to balance that all out. And it's good that, that you mentioned that because I mean, if, if I say that people sometimes need, need to be clear on what other, what improved outcome do they expect that usually relates to uh, um, working on improvement ideas. Uh, sometimes it's, you just need to explore things. I mean, maybe this goes back to your discussion about spikes. Uh, when is it sizable and when is it not sizable? I think that was the, the debate you had a little bit, right? If you just go out and, I mean, if you would enter the jungle and just explore the jungle, I mean, yeah. uh, of course you have the expectation that you discover something, but it's not predictable. Uh, <laughs> right. But, well, right. And that goes back yeah. to the to that yeah. uh, to that iteration on spikes. Do you time box them or do you estimate yeah. them? Right. Exactly. So if I would have been in that that debate, I would have said the time boxing is a way of sizing. Or Absolutely. A way of ranking. Yeah. <laughs> but see, this is where I would put in. This is where I'm going to jump in with my if you if you do that, whose time are you estimating? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. See, may, hmm, maybe we should have you rejoin that and we'll have that conversation all over again. <laughs> yeah, okay, so the debate I, I recently had with a colleague when we talked about, I mean, he would just said we have to rank and rank and rank and size and size everything. And, and uh, maybe a foot for thought for you. How do, can you always really rank things? How do you rank mm -hmm. business work with 
compared to private life. You don't drink that, you time box it. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, now we have a different viewpoint on how to attack the same problem. So yeah. for those who haven't heard that episode, go back and, and find the one on spikes because you know this, this relates. Um, so in the time that we have left, I wanna make sure, did we actually get through the topic? Do you think that we've that you think we covered it, or do you think we've got enough for bite-sized chunk? Okay, we have enough for a bite-sized chunk, but to be honest, I'm not sure if we stuck to the original topic. <laughs> Which is why I enjoy these topics anyway, because it's like you start on one thing. This is a conversation I've had with our colleagues, where it's like yeah. one of the reasons why I think this series works really well is that you you start on topic X and then it just you just go where it takes you. So you know. Have we talked about failure in teams? Yes. Have we talked about why teams fail? No. But what I would say is that I think from my perspective, the net result is teams should be able to fail occasionally, right? Failure should be okay. Is it that a team should be able to fail every sprint? No. Is it something where a team should be able to, and define failure, is it that they didn't reach their sprint goal? Is that bad? Maybe, maybe not. Did they reach their perceived velocity? Maybe, maybe not, right? Each one of those just leads to questions you wanna ask. So I think some of it is how do you define failure? And then the rest of it would be, what do you do with that failure? That's the, key. I think that's the key point of that. Oh, all right. Diana, so since it's a parking lot, Diana, please ask the question. Oh, okay. So I was um, I was thinking uh, about advice for coaching a team. So let's say hypothetically a team fails in some way. Uh, what advice do you have for turning that failure into a learning opportunity? Marcus, do you mind if I start? Yeah. Oh. I would yeah. say I, I would say it depends on what the failure is, mm -hmm. right? So if the failure is because failure can be perceived as different things. If the team is failing because perceived failing that they're not reaching their sprint goal, okay, is the sprint goal actually an accurate representation of what they want to get done? Is the uh, failure that they're not meeting what they've set out for velocity goals over multiple sprints? Could that just be because they think they can get more done than they actually can? That they're not actually inspecting what they've done over certain sprints and instead of, you know, oh, well, we think we can get 100 points done. Okay, reality over the last X sprints is that you get about 40 points. How about you say you do 40 instead, start from that, right? Is the failure that the software isn't working? Okay, that's a failure. That's a different thing. Right, so it depends on what the failure piece is. And I think from a coaching perspective, the uh, conversation revolves around what is the thing and how do you help the team address the thing? You don't wanna fix it for them, but you want them to, because change only really happens if, it, if it's perceived as their own choice, as opposed to imposed from above. So it's more of a, how do we help them understand that this was a one that this is a one-off or that we can fix it over and over. I can only second that. I mean, you should look at the concrete case and try to understand why it happened, but always 
critique the case or talk about the case, never about the characters of the people. I mean, in code reviews, we have this rule, critique the code and be hard on the code, but don't criticize the person. And you can apply a similar philosophy when talking about failure in a team. I like the Deming quote, uh, never, um, do I get it? Uh, never blame people for mistake for, for failures that were caused by the system they did not design. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because it's too easy. I think that's actually that's a great takeaway from all of this is that should there be failure, and there probably will be because teams will inevitably fail at something, blame the system, inspect and adapt the system, don't sit and point fingers at the people because you're not, you're just not going to do anybody any favors. Where's the growth opportunity? You know, if I, if I said to you, Marcus, you're doing a bad job. That doesn't, all that does is me pointing fingers at you. If we say, mm -hmm. you know, the reason why we didn't do this could be because we have a bad workflow or we have a bad way of doing reviews or whatever it is, it is the system. It's not the person. The person just happens to be the person who's implementing part of the process. Yeah. There you go. Well, I think we've, we've, led this conversation about failure we can have other conversations about failure and we probably will so until that next iteration i'm brent Marcus. until the next iteration you can give us a five-star rating at your podcast provider reach out to us on mail at info at faster than standup.com or you can find us on twitter at faster standup thanks for listening and that was faster than a standup The opinions on this podcast are solely those of the participants and not of their employers.